What up, fold? Happy New Year! <laughs> In February. Happy Epiphany! <laughs> Presentation Happy... of the Lord. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Happy Inauguration Day for some. Sad Inauguration Day for others. Happy Jail Day for a lot of people. Happy Presentation of the Lord. Mm, Candlemas. And I have bad luck because I still have Christmas cards hanging in my kitchen. That's bad luck. (sighs) Yes. Wait up. I'm not done yet saying the happies. And future. Oh, and happy Groundhog Day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. I totally forgot this the same day. Yeah, same day. Yeah. And happy Valentine's Day coming up. You know what's funny? For a Catholic podcast, we should call it St. Valentine's Day. But if you notice, I've noticed that the only time they ever call it St. Valentine's Day is when it involves the massacre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I say. They wash out the, the religious parts of holidays. It's just funny too because they'll just make Mardi Gras into a, a parade and mm-hmm. stuff, and it has nothing to do with why it's on a Tuesday, and and other things like that. Where so Valentine's Day has nothing to do with the saint anymore because they drop saint. The only one I think they keep all the time is St. Patrick's Day, right? And they mostly you know refer that to Ireland and drinking, of course. Kinda yeah, like we do. how. They took Cinco de Mayo and took it into drinking, you know. But then again, most people don't know what Cinco de Mayo is. Right. And a lot of people... <laughs> Mexican even, Independence Day. Right. Even a lot of Mexicans in America <laughs> don't even know. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you know, it's the Battle Plant Loma. Yeah. And, and I think it was the fact that Mexican Independence Day was a big deal in Mexico, and Mexican Americans are like, "We need a cool holiday too." Yeah. Well, there was this battle. <laughs> yeah. Let's use that. Nothing's going on in May. <laughs> but now it's just hey, by Corona and Tostitos Day. Yeah, it is tacos. But... Yeah, because what? Because of this stupid Corona year, or sorry, not Corona, <laughs> this stupid COVID year. <laughs> this Corona. We had Cinco de Mayo on Taco Tuesday, and we couldn't really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. But, but yes, with that, so everything is Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day. And then all of a sudden you're like, ooh, did you, you know, here's a special on the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. I bet you if you go into Google and just type in St. Saint Saint Valentine's, Valentine's Day, it'll finish it before you're done with typing Valentine. <clears throat> Google. Let's so see that's my whole more. thing, too. That's the... Um, Oh my goodness, it sure did. <laughs> That's the first thing that comes up whenever I type in St. Valentine. Even if I, I got to V-A-L-E and it completed it, Valentine's Day Massacre. It did, and I then was the, the second first. one just St. Valentine as yes, in the person? as in the person. Yeah, so. And then the third one is St. Valentine's Day, which is so funny. I told you. That's crazy. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's really funny. Yeah, but it's this thing where things are so secular. That's why I think it's that's why it bugs me at Christmas time, because and I know like there's so many people, the non-religious or whatnot, and they always go, "Well, 
you know, here come the here come the Christians complaining about the war on Christmas, blah blah blah. There's no war on Christmas. I'm like, there might not be a war on Christmas, but you are kind of hiding it, because you know, just ten fifteen years ago, you would say you went Christmas shopping, and you would say you went and got Christmas lights and things for Christmas, and it's the Christmas season and Christmas parties and Christmas presents, and now every commercial or anything advertised or any of that stuff is holiday presents. Holiday presents. You you can't just fill holiday in for Christmas. It sounds so like nails on the chocolate board for me. If I said triggered, which I don't say, but I'd be triggered. <laughs> holiday doesn't bother me because that's, that's I mean, that the, secular, the secularization of um, holiday is holy day to me. So that's... Um... Yeah, but the fact what I'm saying is if you said, I am buying presents for the holidays... That would sound right. Or it's the holiday season. Yeah, that still sounds right. But it's like, I got to get a treat for holiday. It's almost like holiday is now the thing. The thing. I'm surprised they don't saying. call them holiday trees and holiday stockings. And I kind of think I saw somewhere where it said holiday tree. There you go. And then they go, Santa came on, on uh, holiday eve or something. Now, I understand it's... The fact is, Christmas, we stole all these little traditions from pagans and stuff. So we didn't invent the Christmas tree, per se, but we kind of did, because it it's not exactly the way we had it. Yeah, because you know? what's his name? Chopped it down like a beast. Who was that? Martin Luther? No, that was oh, no. way before then. No, um, Martin Luther did the thing with the lights in the tree. Yes. Because of the stars. And the queen oh. and then the, the 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 queen did it one year and then the Americans picked it up forever and we're like, Yeah, because the queen did it. Yeah, so wait, who was it that chopped it down? Oh, um what's the guy's name? This was like in the sixth century. Um was it Saint Saint Basil? No, it's not Saint Basil. It might be St. Basil. It might be St. Basil. Um, I think you said something about that. This is on an earlier podcast. I know that. If I had a guy sure doing is. stuff. But but isn't this the, the tree thing from like Saturnalia's tradition or something too? Yeah, yeah. So, well, no. it's there's a Those are two different traditions because Saturnalia's is Roman. Uh, but this oh, was... You don't think they put trees in the house of Romans? No. <laughs> probably palm trees. Exactly, right? Wrong, wrong area of the world. Well, you could still put a tree. <laughs> Boniface. I know it started with a B. Uh, Samsonite. I was way off. Yeah. You didn't know what I was doing. No, I had no idea. Dumb and dumber. Starts with an S. So swim, swummy, sl- slippy, slappy, swimming, salmon, swimming, swanson, swanson? Maybe it's on the briefcase. Look on the... Oh, yeah. It's right here. Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> Yeah, 8th century. I was close to it. I said 6th century. Dang. Yeah. See what happens when you get old, Neil? Yeah, I know. I had this conversation with... Uh, um, so, I've been feeling really burnt out of ministry because I'm old and COVID really sucks. Um, and so I was talking with uh, um, some some peers and I, I told them, you know, I felt really tempted by this uh, position that was posted for a adult faith formation person at the, in one of the parishes and i was like this is you know i don't know if it's just i'm getting old or if it's covid or whatever but it was really tempting for me now, now you know taking it to prayer and all that stuff uh, it was really clear that the holy spirit wants me to stay at saint francis of assisi but um uh, but this person said said you're not allowed to retire or you're not allowed to leave youth ministry until you're 40 i said do you know how old i am 
I'm like, I'm 38. She thought she thought I was 36 or, or in my mid-30s still or early 30s. Oh, I was going to say 36 is only two years. Right, right. Yeah, but she was like, if uh, the oldest she would have guessed was 36. But I thought that was pretty funny that... that uh, um, I'm like I'm 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 like two years out from from your youth ministry retirement age, and so thinking about moving moving to young adult ministry or to young adult to adult ministry is not a, is not insane at my age. Yeah, but you don't want to do adult ministry. Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. I know it's it's terrible to say, but but I'm not going anywhere. I like St. Francis, and that was the big that was the big thing. Like. Just uh, um, struggling with this and really being tempted by that because it was at a different parish, and so um, I was, it, it, it was abun- made abundantly clear to me that that I'm not done at St. Francis of Assisi. I had a um, like I I was really torn about this and praying about it and like because that position had all the things that I wanted, you know, like egotistically wanted, like the mm. office, the the fact that I get to teach adults, like all the stuff, you know, and. Uh, um, and then I get a phone call from a mom, and this mom was, um, she said that I, years ago, I remember my sons went through your confirmation program over at St. Francis of Assisi, and I remember um, uh, how much you, you did for them and, and uh, you know, how they, how they still, you know, talk about the program and stuff like that. And she said that I want, she said, I was praying, and uh, I need, I'm going through some stuff I wanted somebody to talk to, and I... I thought, I wonder if David Hall is still over at St. Francis of Assisi. So I called to see if you were still there. <laughs> I said, I'm still here. She's like, I'm so glad you're still there. I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm listening. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that just came out of nowhere, you know. Because she was, uh, it, what was, what was the most interesting thing about, about her is that her, her sons, they were one of the first people that I met at the fall that I started. Um of parents and, and people that are in ministry uh, because she she came in she was panicked about her two boys um, and they're both they're both great kids and her her old her younger of the two sons still connects with me every now and again but because uh, um, that was 10 years ago that was 10 years ago when she came into my office freaking out and wanted me to sit with her boys and talk to them and uh, and then when I'm thinking about leaving she calls me up <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of a slap in the face. So, I mean, and a wake up slap in the face. Oh yeah, yeah, very much so. God's not not. Uh, uh, he he knows he has to make things very clear for me because I will go and follow my own will very easily. <laughs> so like, I got like tons of ideas for topics and stuff like that, and I just didn't know where you wanted to go with with this particular one. Hey, wait! You first cut off my thing about Christmas. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were done. Dear baby, welcome to Dumpville. Population, you. Oh, but my point was, is I don't know why everybody's hiding Christmas so much. Because they don't even, even at businesses, everybody says happy holidays, happy holidays, happy holidays. And I even talked to uh, my cousin's uh, man. He works at Disneyland. Well, he used to work at Disneyland. (laughs) Stupid California. But, um... He he was saying I was saying hey are you allowed to say Merry Christmas and he's like well you can say it but like they have to say it first uh, you know like you can't say oh see you later Merry Christmas you have to say like Happy Holidays but if they say hey Merry Christmas oh yeah Merry Christmas to you you know and I said really 
And I mean, you know, and I know other businesses make you say that stuff. So it's like that. But I'm like, when did Merry Christmas get so offensive? Because, I don't know, since the 60s at least, I think Christmas has stopped being a religious thing. Oh, yeah, way before then. Like, I, I think I think whenever Coca-Cola took St. Nicholas and basically turned him into Santa Claus the way that we have him, I think that's whenever Christmas stopped becoming Christmas. Well, yeah, he even, <clears throat> well, yeah, I guess there too. Right, because that's right after that, Santa became this this elf more than more than a bishop. You know. Oh it yeah, was, yeah, the jolly old fellow there. Right, and and uh, um, yeah, from there, like well, it was probably even before then, because what was the the, the Coca Cola Santa Claus? What was the nineteen twenties or whatever? So probably a little even before then, because well, because it all really hinges on like the night before the night Christmas. before Christmas. What was that? Um, who's the author? Is that Washington Irving? No, that's um, Clement something. Yes. Um, I can't remember. I'm. Let's see. I have Google here in front of me. This is what I should use this for. Yeah, I know. Huh? Clement Clark Moore. That's what it was. So yeah. So the night before Christmas, Clement Clark, Clark Moore, where Santa Claus or Saint Nicholas is now an elf and a jolly old ripe elf and more magic than than uh, than bishop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eighteen twenty-three. So about a hundred years before Coca-Cola took him. Yeah, but, but I mean, that's the it probably was still more that. Well, Christmas has a really volatile history in the United States. It was outlawed for a while because people just use it as an opportunity to be, you know, drunk and crazy in the streets. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, but that was even before that. But I mean, yeah, that was way before yeah. that. That was the Puritans and stuff. Like yeah, but that was a period. Yeah, they. Those are crazy. They're out loud. They wouldn't, like, they wouldn't like Secret of Mayo. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, about 1931 is when Coke and Christmas... 31? Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, connection yeah. between the two with that Santa. But, you know, but the fact is, I'm watching all these Christmas specials over the Christmas season, and, you know, you got Rudolph and stuff is in the 60s, like, what, 64 or something like that, right. and all this stuff. So how many of these specials have been around for, you know, so for almost 60 years that Christmas has been there, and it is a federal holiday where I'm like, do you work on Christmas? No. Well, then you celebrate it kind of, don't you? Yeah. You know, because <clears throat> there's like, oh, there's all these people who don't celebrate. And I'm like, yeah, they do. <laughs> they might not be Christian. They might not go to church, but I bet you a lot of them have trees in their house. Yep. And lights on their thing and lights, you know, lights on the outside and boom and they don't go to work. Right. And even and, like the the homeowner associations that give away prizes for for the decorated houses like we got a coupon. I, we got I guess um we hit some kind of goal in our neighborhood. I guess that there were like if you can have this percentage of houses participating in the Christmas lights, then you get a $5 gift card. Everybody in that gets a $5 gift card to or coupon to some place, I can't remember. But apparently we got it. So we got just randomly a couple weeks ago this coupon in the mail from our home association. Even though it's not Christmas lights, you know, they're holiday lights. and so. Oh, is that what it said? Probably. Ho- I didn't, did, I didn't if even... they call them holiday lights, that bug me. But if they call them lights for the holidays, I think I'd be okay with it. Yeah. So you're a snowflake now, Neil. See that? See, Why? Because it bugs me? Yeah, because the world... <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I guess so, if I have to be. But the fact is, it's the fact is, they are lights for the holiday, but it's yeah. the holiday is Christmas. Other holidays didn't do that. But right. 
I also have to say, well, you know what? A lot of Jewish families do some cool Hanukkah lights, I guess. I have seen some awesome Hanukkah lights. And you would think, like, with Hanukkah, like, it would be way legit with lights, because it is literally the festival of lights. Uh, (laughs) But I think a lot of that, like how Hanukkah in America is a big deal compared to in most of everywhere else, is because they're riding the coattails of Christmas. Well, so, yeah, and in and I think part of that the reason why they don't emphasize the lights piece is because it's so much emphasized in the Christian tradition. Yeah, they want to be they want to stand out a bit. So, but I'm saying is like when I had the neighbors and they had the giant star of David during the Christmas season in their window, and the other what's it called? When I grew up, the people down the street from my grandma who I knew was the Jewish family, they had all white lights, so they were the one with the white lights. That's and stuff. awesome. Yeah, but you know. Or or you'd have the blue lights or whatever, and it's like, okay, that's the Jewish house or something like that. But it's still very Christmas light-ish. But, you know, but what I have heard is the fact that, like, American Jews are like, Hanukkah, 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 because we got to yeah. compete with Christmas, where everybody else is like, eh. Well, yeah. Christmas isn't even as commercial <laughs> in other countries yeah. as it is here. Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah. it's all Christmas now. It's all Christmas lights. So, I mean, yeah. you know, come on. You know, we've yeah. been we've been whitewashing Christmas so long that it's not even a Christian thing. So who cares if you put Merry Christmas on your Starbucks cup? But then again, I don't care if it's red Starbucks cup when people complain, Oh my god, it's red and it doesn't say Christmas. Who cares? They're a business fun. Yeah. You know? I like that In N Out puts Christmas in multiple languages on their bags. Yeah. But they, they also, also have John Bible verses right at <laughs> the bottom of their cups. <laughs> the bottom of all other stuff. Yeah, because they're they're I guess they're spreading the gospel that way. I don't really think that that's what Jesus had in mind, but it's it's a step in the right company, direction. Yeah, <laughs> you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. I would literally do what people didn't like, or what I like, even if people don't like it. You know? Yeah, that's been like a big thing with me. Like, I think that's one thing that COVID has really has really emphasized in in me in a direction that I'm like moving is this idea that. Um, we worked so hard to try to please people with our businesses because we're worried about losing business, regardless of what the business is, you know, like whether it's Starbucks or whether it's a parish, you know. So, like, you, you got to make everybody happy and all this stuff. But, like, what it, when it, especially when it comes to a parish, what about making God happy? You know, what about, like, doing the right things by liturgy or doing the right things by what we're teaching in classes and stuff like that versus... um you know, trying to have the entertaining thing or the thing that's going to catch everybody's attention and all that stuff. Like you mentioned the Christmas songs at, at mass <laughs> and you were like, well, where the heck did, where's the traditional Christmas songs? Or where's, where's like the, the, the regular stuff and versus this random crap that's coming out of nowhere. Yeah, and I was like, a little mad. I didn't put that on the podcast, but I was very, <laughs> <clears throat> we went to Chris, we went to Christmas mass at nine thirty. Lisa got us tickets. Also because uh, the governor lifted his, like, 50-person ban that he reinstituted because cases went up. Oh, did, we did talk about that. Yeah, no, we, we talked about mm-hmm. when the ban left. So it came in just in time for Christmas that they can fit more people in. We got tickets. We went to 930. Um, they had the 530, the 5 o'clock choir there, which was okay. I don't mind that because right. it's, you know, five people. I, they can't have that old 1130 choir with all those people probably. No, right. <clears throat> But so I'm like, good, because here's the thing. I love Christmas mass. And one of my favorite things, too, is like singing churchy Christmas songs and belting it out 
with everybody else and enjoying those things because I love churchy Christmas songs too, like Oh Holy Night and stuff like that. I'll do yeah. that all day. So here it is. We sing the first one. Everything's groovy. Boom. We even get the little worship aids, as they call it, which is a piece of paper folded in half with songs in it. <laughs> so because we don't have missilettes anymore. Yeah. Because COVID. Because zero people died of it touching the paper. But whatever. <laughs> so. As the, as the guys who print missiles are out of business. I know, but, poor guys. Yeah. But whatever. So, Bulletins. Yeah, now we're going to... If we had listeners, they'd, they'd send us an email like, I know a guy who touched the paper. And, <laughs> but, um... Cove, got him. But, but back to the thing what I was saying is... um, <clears throat> So I'm, I'm singing it, and then I look, and it's like, oh, good, here's um Away in a Manger. That's the next song. And then all of a sudden, here comes some contemporary Christian song I've never heard of. The words aren't even there. And because it's the 5 o'clock choir, they're going to sing it, I guess. And I'm like, what is this crap? <laughs> and then Lisa's looking so mad about that. <laughs> Lisa's looking at me and she's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, this is bull. And she's like, get over it. And I'm like, I'm mad. And like, then there was a nut. Then it was like, okay, finally the communion song comes up and there's like, I think think that was a new song too and i'm like that's two you wasted two songs and then the second <laughs> communion song was a real song was and a real I'm song <laughs> and i'm like we wasted two effing songs i come to church for this <laughs> i come to church for this <laughs> and then it's like that's the problem yeah, I know, I know. I'm totally making your point. But exactly. I'm so mad with this, and I'm like, well, I know they're going to do Joy to the World as the as we as we exit, so because that's what you do, right? And they did, but I'm like, we wasted two songs, and you know, but I mean, I'm just sitting there because I haven't I've gone a mass like you know since February I've gone once. You know, and then I'm like, finally, I get to go back to church and I get to sing the songs and I get to do this stuff and it's Christmas and I'm bringing my family. And it's like, then it just like just kicked me in the ass because it's not even like they're good. So they weren't even good songs. I didn't. Well, they might have been all right, but I really didn't like them. (laughs) And I was just very disappointed. And then I was in a bad mood after that. Yeah, because it's like you just stole my Christmas from me because you want to experiment with new songs. Nobody wants that, and we want the hits. I don't go to a concert and say, I want to hear one from your new album. I want the hits. That's why cover bands are always better. <laughs> cover bands are terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but they're cheap, and they play the hits. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. So if you just... There was a... Uh, in Colorado, there was this place... Oh, man, I can't remember the name. I think it was called The Tailgate. I can't remember. There was this bar um, across from this wine place the, 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 called The Vine. I used to go there all the time. Um, and, mm, and buying all the time, I know. And then afterwards, sometimes we would go over to, I think it was called the tailgate and cause they would have live music and it was one of those cover bands that do all the hits and stuff like that. So it was really loud and party place. So totally not my scene, but, um, but mm-hmm. I like the music sometimes. So we would go and hang out, but, but yeah, yeah, but that's that, the thing. Yeah. Then that is kind of proving, proving my point. Like that, that concept of like, We've gotten to the point where we're trying to, um, as church, please everybody and not um, and not rock the boat in like like the music that we play or the um, the way liturgy looks or um, 
the stuff that we put on social media or the stuff that we put online or whatever or the stuff that we teach in classes that it's like you know let's let's try to put out stuff that is not going to upset anybody that's not going to um that's going to make the most amount of people happy that's what people are asking for um whether that's you know maybe people are asking for more contemporary music or maybe people are asking more traditional music or whatever happens to be and then we feel like we're torn in all these different directions trying to trying to get this stuff um but the more and more like i'm going into this i'm like i don't think that people really know what they want when it comes to church like even if even like cuz people are going all over the place so what i what i want to do what i want to try to focus in on is trying to do what god's asking for you know what god wants um displayed cuz like, are you doing this Bible in a Year podcast at all with Father Mike Schmitz? I downloaded the first one, and Lisa and I are going to try to start together. And I'm waiting for this little adventure of us doing this together. Oh, gotcha. Because I don't know how, how are you doing it with Lisa? With Lisa? With GV? <laughs> yes, yes. I we don't do it. We don't listen together, but we listen every day and we'll talk about it. So you listen at your time, she does her time, and then later right. on you get together. Yeah. All right. See now, Lisa is not a podcast person. She's not a book on tape person. She's not a hear people talk person. Oh, so gotcha. she does. She's like, well, how can I do this? You know, <laughs> can I do this? Do I have to download it? Can I just stream it? Can I do this? And I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, I don't want to use the memory. I'm like, it's oh my goodness. So I'm like, here, how about I do it and we can listen to it together? It's 23 minutes. Right. They're super short. So I'm trying to figure out how we can figure it out but i don't know because she's not a person who likes to listen to people talk mm, that's gonna be a struggle because that's literally all it is <laughs> so right but it might be different because the fact is it's like a lecture or something right no it's it's mostly like it's 23 it's about 20 minutes the longer ones are 23 minutes 24 minutes but they're usually about 20 minutes or a little less and um, the bulk of it is literally him reading scripture. So he's reading the Bible to you, and then maybe the last five or six minutes he's giving a short reflection on it. Okay, so it's more like book on tape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe she can listen to it with me. But, I mean, that's the thing. She doesn't usually. So maybe if we do it together and the fact that it's, you know, reading the Bible, maybe she could do it. Yeah, well, well what GB does is, like, when she's getting ready for work, she has her little ear, ear pods in, and she just listen to it while she's getting ready. And then I listen to it while I'm driving Joel to school. And it's really funny because Gemma knows now, like, um, whenever we're driving Joel to school, I have my, Father Mike Schmitz on for the Bible, and I'm listening to that. And then she, she wants to know if she can listen to Over the Moon, which is a movie on Netflix that they have a soundtrack on. Or uh, Frozen, or any of these other you know soundtracks, but she knows that she she can't ask until after Father Mike Smith's. So as <laughs> soon as as soon as the Bible podcast ends, she's like, "Can we listen to Over the Moon songs, or can we listen to Frozen songs, or, or whatever it happens to be to 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 get to that direction?" But um, but right now we're in the middle of the Book of Leviticus, and I remember the first time I read through Leviticus and kind of getting the same sense. And Father Mike Smith is really good about like drawing the the same stuff out that that I remember experiencing the first time I went through it. And um, what struck me, like I, like everybody hates Leviticus, reading Leviticus, right? It's, it's, it's a difficult It's book. like the joke. Right, right. And it's like, yeah. oh, I had to read Leviticus. That's why I fell asleep. Right. And, and it is a, a difficult book to read because you're, you're basically just reading. It's like if Rules. I were to, 
rules. Like, you're literally taking the Roman Missal and just reading the red parts, what you're supposed to do. Like, these are, put your hands like this, you know, move this to that side, you know. That kind of stuff is is literally what you're reading. It's a liturgy book. Um, but what struck me is the fact that it's that it's in Scripture. And this is like that God is specific about how he wants to be worshipped, right? like painfully specific which is which is what made the book of of Leviticus so difficult to get through is that you know God says you know this is how this particular sacrifice happens this is how these are things are supposed to be ordered and all Go that from stuff left to right exactly and then and then you get to the new testament oh, sorry, right from left yeah. you get to the the new testament and Jesus says the same thing he's at the last supper he says do this in remembrance of me and you know that's what we're doing and um it just really struck me that, like, we spend all this time, you know, trying to dress up that, you know, like uh, most of the most of the liturgy is is accretions. Like, it, like you think back to like Justin Martyr's um, description of the liturgy in the Didache. You know, it's it's the same parts. Like, you know, we still have the basic bones of the liturgy, but like the prayers, obviously, you know, a lot of them are are old, but a lot of them just aren't. You know. Um, but we've, we've focused so much on trying to get people to come to mass by making it the cool music or working on our, our homilies. And, and yeah, we should have great homilies and we should have great music because we're the freaking Catholic church and we have the fullness of truth. So we should have all that. We should have the best of all the arts and the best of all that stuff. Um, and we're so freaking lazy that we just don't do it. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or we're so pulled in different directions and we feel like that we're going we're going to screw it up that we just don't do anything. But it's gotten me to the point where I'm like I think I'm done caring about whether or not somebody's going to get upset whenever I teach about whatever or uh if I if I talk about gay marriage in a way that that makes people upset or if I talk about um abortion that's going to make people that's going to make people upset. Um or if I, or if if we have the the um, the wrong music playing at mass, um, I think that there's an appropriate time to talk about abortion and gay marriage and all an appropriate context of all those things. But like, if God is leading me in that particular direction, then I just got to do it, you know, and not not really worry about you know I'm going to get in trouble for this i'm gonna get in trouble because this, or that or or somebody's gonna stop donating for this which is really painful to say in the midst of covid because nobody's donating <laughs> like, right like you know like i'm i'm living example of that you know i know i no longer have an assistant right you know you know she's uh, um she's moved on to to bigger and better things in her life but uh at the same time like it was a really good timing because hey we can't we we don't have the the income that we used to have coming in so this was a, like a blessing for her but at the same time a blessing for the church in that we don't have to pay that salary anymore the only person and that didn't wasn't have to let her go exactly exactly and the only person that wasn't blessed by this was me right <laughs> because now i have the extra work <laughs> oh yeah but you're still working too yeah exactly yeah, that's the way you got to think of it yeah, but that's uh that's that's where I'm at with all this stuff. Um, I think I'm I don't know if that's just COVID burnout or if that's me trying to be faithful or or what what is this? But uh, um, 
No, it's part, it's, okay, first of all, A, it's part you being faithful, and B, I think it's a burnout of the way society is right now in this counterculture, or cancel culture world. Yes, that's what upsets me so much. And this whole thing where we're bending to the mob, and the mob, because of social media, I think, because back in the day when people used to get pissed at something, they'd write a letter and then mail it in. But they had to write it on with a Paper pencil, or mm-hmm. they used a typewriter, <clears throat> folded it up, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, mailed it in. Or, you know, we flash forward to at least like the 90s or 2000s, and you, <clears throat> sorry, and you may have sent in an email. But the point right. is, nobody else saw this email that right. you put in. So you don't have a bunch of hanger honors that are, or pile or honors, that's more, that's it. The yeah. pile of honors that are sitting there saying, yeah, I hate that too. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. And then, so you have a few people that don't like it. And you got another bunch of people who don't like it because they don't they want to not like it. Or yeah. something. Or they didn't even know it existed until it was trending. Then it's terrible. And then they everybody... And then the thing I can't believe, what is funny is it's like, everybody wants everybody fired. Everybody wants... <laughs> I know. <laughs> Like when they sit there and say, hey, guess what? Bill Cosby did all these terrible things. So we're going to stop showing the Cosby show. Right. Because he gets a bunch of money when we show the reruns. Mm-hmm. But now that they did that, the 12 other people in the cast and other producers, they don't get their royalty checks now. Right. Right. Because people effect. don't think of that. That's the unintended consequences. We're going to punish this guy. And do it when I don't care how many other people get punished too. Mm-hmm. The innocent people, right? And that's who a, might be struggling. And that's a big problem. Like, like there are. I feel like there. I feel like we're we're just blanket punishing people and canceling people without kind of finding like what we talk about all the time. A nuanced way to do this. Yes, maybe it's. Uh, let's not pay him. Especially if they're in jail. They shouldn't be able to make money in jail. Right. Except for that dollar they pay them for a dollar a week for pressing license plates. License plates. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, so everybody else gets paid. Because I hate this whole thing where it's like, hey, like, uh, you know, Roseanne puts out a tweet. Right. You know, you know, making fun of the way this person looks. Then all of a sudden they're like, well, we're going to cancel your show. And then it had to take fighting for the crew, the actors, all these people to let the show continue. Yep. And they Kevin had Hart. To rebrand it all to do that kind of stuff. But they had to like fight for that. But like ABC's like, well, just chunk it because everybody's mad at her. There's right. no way that, you know, people could get suspended or fined or in trouble. No, it's straight on fired. And not only that, we're going to fire everybody else. Right, and, it, it's it's um, that's where the problem is. It, Kevin Hart did this great bit, you know. He said, like, at one point in time, fame was the most sought after and best job on the planet. If you didn't have it, you wanted the piece of it. You wanted to taste a little bit of it. All my life growing up, like I wanted, I was taught to be, you know, the you want to be famous because that's where that's where it is. You want to have this fame and all this stuff. And now that he's famous, he's like. I don't like what you guys have made me become, man. I don't like it. I'm no longer comfortable. You switched it on me. You switched it on me, man. He's like, you people have messed it up for me because now I'm, I'm just walking on eggshells in order to stay famous or in order to, you know, like I got to please all these people. 
in order to make sure that I don't screw anything up and lose everything that I've got. And like you take a, take the same thing for um, heck, I think it was inside of uh, was it somebody's book that I was reading or is it a podcast I was listening to? I don't remember. Um, it might have been the Neil Postman book. He wrote a book about uh, it called "Amusing Ourselves to Death." Um, maybe it was that book. And in that in that he talked about, or somebody talked about, in something that I was listening to, um, this this these college campuses where. Um, the teacher was like, oh, I'm going to, uh, you know, the, the teacher gets reviewed at the end of the semester, right? Oh, the, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give my, my students cookies at the, at the last day at the end of the semester, you know, so I can get good reviews. So, so they'll be happy with me. So like I can the stay evaluations, with the right? Mm-hmm. So I can stay with the university. And I'm like, that that's, that's kind of backwards because, um, oh, you know, this wasn't even, I think this had to do with a, um, uh, a this might have been a in a in a lecture on on Plato's Republic. I was listening. I've been listening to a lot of weird stuff, Neil. Oh, okay, <laughs> you gotta cut. You gotta streamline this. Say I heard this story. <laughs> but anyway, like, because you think about like uh, uh, Plato's Republic. This is we're going all over the place. I don't even oh, know what's happening. This is very. This, but Socrates talks about education. He talks about learning, right? And he says that it's meant to be difficult. Like, it's supposed to be hard. And that's what she said. <laughs> Sorry. Three beers in. Here we no, go. I'll leave that in. <laughs> People think it's always just you, right? Yeah. <laughs> it mostly is. All right. Um,. He said that it's not it's it's a it's a difficult endeavor to to gain knowledge and to grow in this thing, and it and being able to to grow in knowledge is a end in and of itself, and the professor is somebody who is encouraging that along the ways, and the professor is somebody who is honored, right? But we've completely flipped that. Like, if our professor upsets us, we give them a bad review at the end of the course, and they could lose their tenure. Mm-hmm. It's bull. Well, yeah. I mean, I, well, here's a, well, okay, real quick. I have a problem with professors and tenures and stuff, too, because it's like, <laughs> hey, I got tenure, so I could be a big F-up. And it doesn't matter because they can't fire me. Ha, ha, ha. And that's how it is. And that's what I hate about some teachers' unions. Don't tell my wife. But, you know. <laughs> well, that's unions in general. Well, okay, I'll say that too. Because I, I love how over the summer it's like, look at all these corrupt uh, police unions. Let these bad cops get away, which is terrible. And then, you know, all the teachers in the teachers union are doing that thing with the, the meme with the monkey with the side eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, uh-huh. and they're like, oh, yeah, because we don't have hundreds of bad teachers that are being protected. Yep. You know, not that there's lots of good, not that they're all bad, but you know there's bad teachers out there. Heck, yeah, there are. <clears throat> so that's the thing. And, and now, but now the whole thing, too, is I feel like it's the inmates are in charge of the asylum. There's a bunch of kids that don't like the fact that the teacher's making them do work. I heard right. over the summer and stuff, what was it, because of all the protests and everything going on, that there were kids at like UCLA and stuff who were mad that the teacher was making them come to class because it was infringing on their protest time. Wow. So the idea is, you have the right to protest. It's good that you do go out and protest. But the fact is, protesting, still wanna... you still got to do it on your own time. If right. you want to go to class 
or you want to go to work. <laughs> and that's the other thing, too, because I know that some people's argument over like the uh, NFL kneeling protest is you have to realize that you're also at work. I can't protest at my job. I can't tell my boss that I'm I'm for the indigenous spotted owl and I'm very mad about this and taking up my whole thing, you know, my mm-hmm. desk area. They'll be like, hey, get that sh- stuff out of here. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, <clears throat> you can't just do stuff like that or something. So it's like they're complaining about that. The teacher wants them to go to school or to, you know, whatever, take their test online or whatever they do it for school now. Yeah, and, that sucks. And then they're complaining and they're trying to get the teacher fired for not letting them do what they want to do when they want to do it. But yep. because they're protesting and they're protesting certain subjects that's sensitive, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, nah, they can do whatever they want. Because right. if not, then we get the Twitter mob on us. Right. And, and I don't know, was- sorry, and I don't know why people say, we're the adults, you're the children, shut up and sit down. Right. Right, because then the university is going to lose money, and that's what ultimately this whole thing is about. Good. So now, yeah, right. Universities now, are corrupt. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of messed up stuff going oh, on. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Everybody talks about big business, but they don't look at universities. Yeah, yeah, there, there's a lot of problems there. Yeah, like when education used to be affordable. Um, yeah, now that it's not affordable, and you still have to pay for full ride stuff, even though I'm not going into school. Yeah, I have exactly. to do school from home, but I still have to pay you full tuition. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe yeah. room and board that you already took last summer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's not me. Yeah. I stopped paying schools a long time ago. Not me. I'm still paying. Well, yeah, yeah. And they, they call me. Who's making up. more money? No, I know, I know, right? And they call me up like at least twice a year, saying, "Hey, you know, you want to donate some more?" I'm like, "Really? Like, didn't I'm- you see my uh, uh, my balance? <laughs> like, I still owe you guys a crap ton of money. You think I have money to donate more stuff to you? Why don't you <laughs> wait till I'm hit zero and then hit me? <laughs> exactly. You're clearly if, barking up the wrong tree here, dude. <laughs> if I had money to give you, I would have done it. It paid it. It would have paid, paid interest up. rates. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't have any student loans left if I could donate money to you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think is funny about universities. Not only do they get money for tuition, they have all these endowments from people who say, I like school, here's a bunch of money. Name a building after me. Yes, and then a lot of schools still get money from the from, from the state. Yep. Even private schools. It's like, oh, hell, like Yale or something. Like, hey, here's a bunch of money, Yale. <laughs> from Connecticut. <laughs> so you get all this extra money. Why the hell are you charging kids $100,000 to go to school? Wow. That's why I love what Steubenville did, did whenever this whole COVID thing happened. Did you see that? No. So they offered uh, free tuition for the first semester, uh, I think or for the first semester or for the first full year for all incoming freshmen. Oh, because they're not going to school? No, because they, no, they, you could go to school. They're, they're on campus. Oh, like, good for them. Yeah, right. Well, it's Ohio, it's, right? Yeah. Republican governor, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So they were able to go on campus. Remember, the virus doesn't infect people that much in Republican-run states for some reason. Except for now, because look at Texas. No, it's still okay, because you can still do stuff. It doesn't matter. It's not as bad even when it's bad. Even when it's bad. Even when it's bad. They still can do it. I don't know how. (laughs) I don't know how. Even when other states are perfectly fine, it still has to be extra locked down. 
Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. I love yeah. that Lisa's now noticing these things. Who is? Lisa. Oh, that's funny. Well, not now, but she's just kind of like, she's she's done. Well, we got to get back to the dang COVID thing when we're talking about in your brain, how you were saying COVID burned out. Because she's oh, yeah. getting there. Because when November happened and she had to stop going, she was not allowed to go back into the building to teach kids over the internet and had to come here and never leave the house. So she'd pick oh. up, take the kids to daycare, come back home. Then do all of her teaching online in her house. Then she'd leave to go pick up the kids and bring them back. And she has to do all these one-on-one with kids the way her classes are because she deals with those little kids. Right. And um, so it's not like she gets a big break where she can go to the store and do whatever, you know. So she's in the house all day, then goes up, picks the kids up, then comes back home. And so she's home the whole time. So she's going bonkers. Also, now all of a sudden I got to pay the freaking internet bill for the school because the governor wants them not – or the, the governor and the superintendent don't want them in the classroom where you have one teacher per classroom. That right. doesn't sound – That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense to me either because <clears throat> that sounds like the safest way to do it. Instead, right. you put these teachers into houses where you have like poor people like Alicia, not poor, poor her, not she's poor, but <laughs> Alicia, <laughs> well, she does live on the east side. East side. East but, side. Rep. <laughs> that's a call out to, a shout out to Aaron there. But, uh, but she's got to like lock herself upstairs with all the kids downstairs. <laughs> right. You know, because now you put people back in their houses where they can con- contaminate each other more so. So, okay, so that's the point. So she's there. So she's at home all day, and she's going crazy pants because of this whole thing. And then she's like, it's funny that we can't go to school, and we can't work, and we can have our kids in there. But yet, Joel isn't going to school. And the other kids we know who are going to school, and they're all alive somehow. I don't know how, because I thought schools would kill everybody the way the teachers unions talk about it. Because right. I think the teacher said, if you make me go back to work, you can put my dead body back in the street after I die of COVID. You know, right. but whatever. I heard a guy say that. It was pretty funny. But, you know, somehow all those kids are surviving somehow. And our children who are thriving in the daycare, somehow they're still alive. I don't know how. Because guess what? Robert's three and he doesn't even wear a mask in his class. I don't know how he makes it. <laughs> I would expect the COVID to be rampant. Right. Sorry, I'm getting too facetious. But now there's going to be all these people who are calling me a COVID denier. But <laughs> that's the other thing, too, because if you speak out against something that's crazy, you're all of a sudden an anti-masking COVID denier. Oh, yeah. There's no nuance. We're not allowed to have nuance. And you're not even allowed to be anywhere in the middle of the road. You're right. either a freaking right-wing nutshell COVID denier or you're like the, the ultimate left-wing double mask indoors in your bathroom driving in the car or <laughs> never leaving your house and it's yeah. you know but but what i was saying is it, it it was a while ago after she's been home for this whole time that she's like why the hell can't i go why can't we have the kids in school and for some reason like i said the catholic schools other private schools and these daycares are working and you know there's not many problems because if there were problems It'd be blasted all over the the news, right? Yeah. 
Because that's the other thing, too. Because I remember when the governor of Georgia said, I'm going to open up the state before everybody else decides to open their state. And everybody's like, oh, the blood's on your hands, Georgia. You're the worst place ever. And then through the summer, when we heard all the spikes in, like, Florida, California, and Texas, even us. Yep. Yep. Did you hear Georgia? No. Did you hear anything about Georgia now, really? Right. I don't in the news. I don't watch a lot of news, but... I'm done with the news. But you would think they would be like, see, we told you, Georgia, you open first, that's why you have the most deaths. Ha, 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 ha. Because that's how the news is. But they don't even do that. But, of course, they don't say, hey, guess what? It it, it kind of worked out for them, I guess. I mean, they still probably have problems. Everybody's got these things. Right. Everybody's got enough cases and deaths in each place. But you would think they'd plaster it all over saying, I told you so. But if it's not the worst case scenario, they'll just kind of hide it. Yeah. So, so because sorry. it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit the the, the theme, the narrative. Because the thing is, is like um, I read that Neil Postman book, the uh, uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death, and he makes a really convincing argument that um, the medium is the message. So news and all this stuff is, you know, like in a five minute, like we don't even have five minute segments in the news anymore. They're like more two or three minutes long, right? Whenever we have these different segments and stuff like that. And uh, and they're all about um, the flashy headline, the all this stuff, and it's about entertainment more than it is about actual journalism. Like that's why everybody that's in the news, and he makes this point. Neil Neil Postman says, is like that's why um, you, you see all these attractive news anchors, and that's why there's this music to let you know that you're watching something that is that is entertainment. This isn't journalism. This this isn't going to have um, the real news or the reality of what's actually happening in the world. It's gonna have it's gonna have sound bites that are gonna make you keep watching, ultimately, so the advertisers can make money and the news stations can make money. We will. Go ahead. You gotta fill twenty four hours somehow, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because there's yeah because a twenty four hour news cycle after nine eleven, right? That's uh, that, well, this is... it was technically it's been around for whenever they started CNN. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Because that was you know that was the thing. I know we're getting off subject again, but that that was the thing. Like um, when I was a kid, there was that baby Jessica who fell down a little a well in Texas. Yeah. And the thing was, because CNN was like the only thing that, what's it called, the only thing that was doing news all day, they just kept talking about that, and everybody was like in, engulfed in it, but, and that was the thing. You know, here we can talk about this, and everybody gets onto it. Now that's the way it is. Because uh-huh. who's like, who wants to watch news all day? Kind of like, mm-hmm. who wants to watch sports all day? Well, guess what? A lot of people. A lot of people do, that, apparently. That's how yeah. they created, you know, that's how ESPN's almost as old as I am and now they have right. 15 other sports channels because of that and I, CNN did that there's 12 other news stations right yeah so now you have to compete and... with those news stations because mm-hmm. when you talk to your parents they said we watched Walter Cronkite yeah and he told us the facts well you know why because he did because he had a half hour to tell you the news and that was it that was it and they didn't need ratings they didn't need to spin it it and wasn't now about you it. need yeah. to spin it and now you had to get it because you needed push your narrative and you need to keep your demo right so your fox news is going to be foxy and your msnbc is going to be msnbc and (laughs) never the two shall meet right and the fact is so after i watch a debate or something i watch both channels to see what each talking head idiots are saying about it 
because you know they're having to feed it in different directions completely. Right. Yeah, there was there's this great line. We watched this this stupid movie. It was on Disney Plus. Um, Godmothered, uh, I think it was the name of the movie, but it was terrible. But there was a great line in it um, that the news director said, and it wasn't intended to be a great line, I don't think. But they're inside the the newsroom there, and they're talking about their ratings and all that stuff, right? They're saying that um, we are we are the uh, we are number five. We are ranked number five amongst news channels, and there's only four news channels, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is this is it right here. Like this is this is what people get in trouble for in the news is their ratings, not whether or not. Their how how well they spun a story and and printed it up and how how many people watched it, not how accurate it was or how evenly they they presented all the facts. Um, it's it's become about this. It's it's not a pers- journal. This TV news has stopped being journalistic pursuit of truth, and now just like how many people can we get to watch this crap, right? Mm-hmm. And keep watching this and stay on it. What what do we have to do? To appease the the god that is the masses, in order to be able to get them to boost us to number one, so we can make all this money, you know, so we can have whatever it is that we that we want to have the power or the prestige or the money or whatever whatever it happens to be, and it's just it's it's no longer a search for truth. And and then we wonder why, like we used to be, we used to be the information age, right? You know this this idea that you know we we the internet is going to bring us uh, to closer to knowledge. To you know people are going to be able to discover truth more more readily, right? And then now all of a sudden, you know where are we at? You know we're rejecting information, we're rejecting science, we're rejecting all this stuff. We're moving into an emotivism age, which I think is is coming very very quickly. This idea that how whatever I feel is true is true you know regardless of um science or uh facts or anything else like that it's your truth right that's that's exactly what it is that's what they call it my truth find your truth they yeah they're using that like i understand when it could be slang but now they're using as real stuff like that's my truth well no it's not it's truth is truth Right. Well, there's there's the... such a thing as subjective truth. Like you can have like my favorite my favorite food is chicken wings, and that could be a subjective truth. Right? Yeah, but you can't use. Yeah, okay, I guess that when you say your truth can be the subjective truth, but it's right. not. It's your opinion. Right, and that's become like the that's become the golden calf is that piece of it. We've lost the idea of objective truth. We've lost the idea of like. There is a a real New York. The planet is round. We landed on the moon. You know, like all these things. Like, did we? Is the planet Allegedly. round? You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, all this, all this stuff is, and and it's um, and like if you don't feel like the 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 planet that that we could have actually landed on the moon, then then you know, let's let's say that we didn't land on the moon, or if you feel like. That the government lies to you about the 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 globe being round, then then the globe isn't round, you know, yeah, all all this stuff, and and it's and just be- old New York used to be New Amsterdam. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. But that's where we're at right now. Is we're moving away from all this 
from what was supposed to be information because I actually think it's because of the oversaturation of information and people are like, I don't know what to do with all this stuff. So I'm just going to do what I feel is right versus using any critical thinking skills, whatever, which is pushing us out of, um, out of information into a motivism, which is just going to bring in, bring us into like the brave new world. You know, that's this, uh, um, where where our aim is to be happy regardless of the cost regardless of whether there's freedom whether there's love whether there's truth as long as we're happy none of that matters Ugh. i love happiness that's a scary world i think we left 15 subjects open-ended right there oh heck yeah we did (laughs) (laughs) crap Mm. oh yeah because we'll call this our random topics (laughs) Yeah, we totally went. This is riffing. Uh, oh, yeah. No, but one thing I was going to say about the thing I hated with cancel This is ADD. Is yeah, I know. I'm the worst at this, too. And you're not helping. Nope. You're supposed to want grounding me. But, nope. I'm all over the place. Yeah, you are totally all over the place. So if you're all over the place, then I'm just skyrocketing. But um, what was I saying, though? Um, <laughs> no, but the things I hate is it's like I know uh, what's it called. You know, uh, what was it? Uh, you know, on how everybody wants everybody fired and they keep Twitter mobbing. Oh, I totally for forgot that. we were talking about that. Yeah. And, and like, I was thinking about that because listening to like Star Wars podcasts and stuff, and they talk about the Mandalorian and they all hate uh, Gina Carano because she's got like crazy right wing politics or something. And right. I haven't read all of her stuff, so I don't know how crazy it is. Because when right. you listen, the problem is now that I realize is most of the people I listen to. When they talk about comic books or Star Wars or something like that, they're a little more left-leaning than I like at times. And most of the time, they're pretty good. But sometimes when they do, it's like, ugh. And, and it's like, everything's like, well, I love Cara Dune, but I don't want Gina Carano to do anything, you know? And it's like, oh, so it's like, but then I'm like, is she saying crazy, crazy? Well, because I don't Twitter. But right. it's like, is she saying crazy stuff that's like, you know, like totally terrible or is she just saying, hey, I like uh, small government and low taxes. No, I'm just kidding. It's never that easy. But, right. you know. Or is she just saying stuff that they don't agree with so they want her fired? So there's all these people who are like, we want her fired. And then they're mad when the next episode has her in it. And it's like, you know that episode was shot a long time ago, right? And it's like, and just because you want her fired because she might have different political opinions doesn't mean she right. should be fired. But then the problem, so if John Favreau is keeping her on because he thinks she's good and it doesn't matter what she thinks, because that's the other thing. Hey, if this guy thinks this and that, well, if he does his job well, then he should still work here, kind of, you know? Right. <clears throat> I mean. Right, because that, that's getting into like this, this dangerous mode that if you don't believe the way that I believe, then not only should you not have a job, but you're you're actually less of a person than I am. Mm-hmm. You know this this like we are we've gotten to the point where this has gotten so um, polarized that the people that don't agree with us, what whoever us is, those people are those people. You know they are they are less than human. They are they don't deserve any anything. They don't deserve to have a job. They don't deserve to have a voice. They don't deserve to have the opinion that they actually have. And they we are we are devaluing them 
we are dehumanizing them uh, in order to to show everybody else that if you hold this position, then you are also trash. You are also less than human. Um, yeah, that's that's scary and that's dangerous. Like we're we are. It's not far fetched to say that you know uh, we are ripe for moving into tyranny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. The thing, the one that I do love is I will give some credit for like a few. Oh, gee, I don't even. Time has a lot uh, escaped me now because I still it's been feel fourteen like, years of COVID. Yeah, fourteen years of COVID, but it feels like it was just yesterday. Yeah. You know, because you're like, yeah, you know, March was like three months ago. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I feel like I lost a year of my life now, so. Yeah, everybody does. I know, now my birthday's coming up, and it's like, oh, dang. Yep. (laughs) So, um, I just had one of those ten minutes ago. But, um, (laughs) where am I thinking, though? Where was that? Oh, Oh, was um, my favorite is my former employer, Trader Joe's. There was this thing where some, I guess some 19-year-old girl in San Francisco sat there and said, hey, their their food... Everything is Trader Joe's brand something. Mm-hmm. They don't have like Wonder Bread, you know, <laughs> or they don't have name brands there. Pretty right, much, right. there's a few here and there, but they're usually independent kind of things or something. That's so a, that's the appeal. Yeah. So if you buy a can of tuna, it's Trader Joe's tuna, right? Or Trader Joe's unsalted tuna, <laughs> or Trader Joe's <laughs> tuna in olive oil, but it's all Trader Joe. But <clears throat> so for five billion for five hundred years. If you bought tortillas, it said Trader Jose. And if you bought pita bread, it was Arabian Joe's. And if you bought pot stickers, it was Trader Ming's. And nobody gave a damn about it. And then some... I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at it, but it's in there. I mean, it's always yeah. been there, but, you know. But it's cute. It's fun. I think they even did that when Trader Joe's, like, they got the Corona knockoff beer or something and you know there's probably somebody i know there was one that we sold that was from el salvador that was a lager but it was i i can't remember it was like chihuahua beer or something something along those lines there's well that's a mexican dog so i don't know if that was the one from el salvador but whatever it was something like that and they were like three dollars a six pack or something and you're like you're like okay this is cheap you know mexican style beer but it's three dollars i'm gonna buy it but also the thing with Trader Joe's is because they buy so much of it, you know, they'll right, sell it for, you know, they'll, yeah. and then some of those things they'll buy, you know, a billion cases and when they're gone, they're gone, but they buy it for next to nothing because somebody else is doing it and then they, then they'll remarket some of their stuff. So like they had Trader Joe's, Trader Jose's beer was like your knockoff Corona. Hell, it could have been Corona and Corona's like, hey, all this stuff's going to expire. Here, you take it. Or that's we made so more funny. than we needed, or something, because that's how they'll do stuff, you know. So, but it was Trader Jose's, and it's always been this thing. And then what happened is I heard, oh, Trader Joe's is going to change their thing because somebody says this exotic side exoticizes other countries, and apparently being exotic is now bad, which I did not know. I didn't know that either. But I am over forty now, so so apparently <laughs> this is exoticizing other you know nationalities and stuff and so that plain old joe has to be different and fancy because it's arabian joe or 
or Jose or Ming or whatnot, and this is now kind of racist or whatnot. This is so funny. I did not know this is a thing. Oh, I yeah. looked at this. Yeah, so, so I see tra- Trader Jose's taco shells. Yeah. Yeah, Trader. Uh, uh, oh, you're looking Gritos. at it now. Yeah, I'm sure I am. Trader Greedo's tomato basil. Oh, yeah. Trader Jose Sans. Is it tofu. Guido? Yes, it sure yeah, is. Trader, Guido. <laughs> Trader Ming's pad thai. This is the funniest thing. I mean, I get it because, like, their whole thing is, like, the, the common Joe, like Joe Schmo, like whoever. Yeah. yeah. So, just who's Joe. the common Joe in China? It's Joe San, apparently. Joe San. <laughs> who's the, who's yeah? Who's uh, the Filipino Joe? Yeah, exactly. Jose would be the same as uh, uh, as Trader Jose's. Oh yeah, I guess huh? all the Spanish influence. <laughs> That's so funny. I did not know that this was a thing. Well, you know, you you don't shop there much, I don't think. I don't. I don't. I've, I've like, walked into Trader Joe's maybe two or three times total in my life. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, being a Southern California kid, you know, and here's the thing. A certain generation, that's all it was. It was only in Southern California from, like, 1963 to, like, 1989 when they moved up north. And then in the mid-90s, like, 95, it came to Vegas and I think maybe a little bit before that, oh, and before that it went to uh, Arizona. And then, you know, by the 2000s, it, they did some in the East Coast. And then, they, you know, they went to Washington. But it was, in a sense, it was East Coast and West Coast for so long. And then somewhere after the time I left, around 20, uh, 2007, the company got just bigger. And they just said, you know what, we're going to put them everywhere. <laughs> you know, because they were doing, like, hubs. And they just got big. So now... Now everybody knows what a Trader Joe's is, where it used to right. be like how when people would be like, oh, you're going to L.A., get an In-N-Out burger because you can't get them anywhere. Right, go to Trader Joe's because you can't get them anywhere. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that was the thing. So I grew up with Trader Joe's. Like the Trader Joe's my parents shop at is now like a small liquor store because it was too small because it used to be so tiny. And then, you know, and then the other Trader Joe's my parents shopped at, they, they closed because people used to rob it because it was right off an exit of the freeway. Oh man. <laughs> so those two were got the Alhambra store and the West Covina store. But you know, I worked there for 10 years after shopping there forever. So I've known all this stuff, but the point, sorry, we're, we're going way too into Trader Joe's, but the point of the whole thing is, they were like, okay, we're going to change everything. And then somehow somebody said, you know what? F that. We're not going to do this. Because the other thing, too, is Trader Joe's is a, a family-owned private company. Right. They don't have stockholders to talk to. They don't yeah. have um, a board They're... to talk to. They don't have to answer to anybody but themselves. And their customers. And here's the deal. If they had a lot of complaints about Arabian Joe's pita bread, probably not. Because it's good. <laughs> so here's the deal how many of those people like we said is going you know i ate these fries at in and out and once i got to the bottom of the thing i noticed it said john 316 on it i don't want this crap i don't want you pushing your religion on me i'm not gonna buy these fries anymore you know what how many of those people are saying that because even people who say i hate god and the and your bible verses and i'll never do this again but these are some damn good fries. I'm going to keep right, buying those exactly. things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that way, too. You know, when, what's it called? I hear about Starbucks is helping out Planned Parenthood. My problem is I like their chai teas. 
<laughs> well, also, people don't understand the difference between, like, um, uh, proximate and remote uh, cooperation with evil, and we should probably do a podcast on that so people can Oh, yeah, let's... Hunt. Okay, everybody, real quick. We're going to put a pin on that yeah, and do it at a later right date. And guess yeah. what? It might not be the next one. So you have to listen to everyone until it happens. Right. Speaking of which, I have a great idea for a podcast. Oh, wait. Here's a second idea. (laughs) So did you watch the whole um, History of Swear Words? Yes. I think think we should do a podcast on swearing and its morality and its uses. Um, And that particular podcast for us would be explicit. So you can just say whatever you want to say on it. And and we'll we'll, we'll give it the E. Will and it so be on this feed? Know. Yeah, it'll be on the same yeah, I feed. I can afford a second feed. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm paying yeah. for it. Sorry, David. <laughs> yeah, that's all me. Uh, $27 a month. Uh, <laughs> oh, shizzle. That's why you yeah. want me to keep recording more That's often. why you got to keep recording because I'm paying for this crap. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll start a Patreon soon once we get yeah. over 10 listeners. It's- but I think that would be fun to do a, to do an episode on the morality and the history of of swearing and um, and particularly that Nick Cage thing because there's a lot of really bad logic in there which is really just fun to tear apart. But um, but man, it was so good that series. So I think that would be fun to uh, uh, to do at some point. Mm, good. And then do do the whole thing explicit. I like explicit. So and back to the point with Trader Joe's. They probably go back to Trader Joe's. They probably realized, as in and out and probably does, is how many people have a problem with this versus how many customers we have. And you also have to look at the other way. Now we have to rebrand everything. Yep. So now you, it's, is- it's another cost on that. You know how mm-hmm. much Quaker Oats has to pay to take Aunt Jemima off their syrup bottles? Yeah. I have no idea. I don't know, but I still have an Aunt Jemima syrup bottle that's not finished yet. So when they come out with the new syrup bottles, I'm just going to pour the new syrup into this bottle. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because I feel bad for the lady who's on the low. Right. Because if she's right. not, you know, and her family and stuff. Because you know what? She doesn't look like, like I've seen the old Aunt Jemima stuff. Oh, man. That lady looked like the mammy slave lady thing. And so I can understand why they updated it. Right. But this lady looks like my friend's aunt. So right. I'm like, she's cool, you know? But if Aunt Jemima, the term is the part, then keep the face, and keep the lady, and change the name, I guess. Yeah. And then I know Uncle Ben's is going to put Spider-Man's uncle on the, the logo now, because then it's not racist. <laughs> All right, so I'm just Aunt kidding. Jemima. You're not going to put. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben's, uh, Trader Joe's, c- come on and, and sponsor our podcast. <laughs> Yes, I'm here for you. Oh, Trader Joe's, if you want to give me some money. I mean, you paid me for many years. <laughs> but I was working there. Yeah. Now I'll just say nice things about you because I still think yeah. it's a pretty good company. Yeah. I would invest in, in Trader Joe's if I could invest in them. Yes. Well, that's another thing we should talk about, too. We should talk about what happened with this whole GameStop thing. Yeah. Oh. Hey, what are you drinking? <laughs> Yeah, I know. This is usually the top of the show. Well, right now I'm drinking nothing because this glass you're, is empty. You're empty. What did you drink? I drank uh, New Belgium's 1554. Ooh, fancy. Have you had that yet? I have not had that. Is it Was it good? Yes, very good. Yeah. It is a Belgian ale, kind of in the Chimay vein. Okay. So I'll have to look at it. If 1554 is when the monks did something about 
With New Belgian? I don't know. Who knows what the year? <laughs> I don't know what the year's for. But I looked for two below. They didn't have any. And is New Belgian that old? Fifteen fifty four? No, I don't think so. I was going to say they picked the year fifteen fifty four because of significance of Belgium beers or something because it has a Belgian flag on it. And New Belgium yeah. is in Fort Collins, Colorado. So, oh, that's right. I'm thinking that's actually in Belgium. No, no, it's the guys who make Fat Tire. Correct. Like this one right here. That's what I'm drinking. What is this? Smith's? Smithwick's. Yep. That's yep. a that is under the Guinness umbrella. It is. Yeah, it is. But oh, but they're the super rabbit. old though. It is. It's fantastic, by the way. I don't know if you've ever had this. I haven't this. had that yet. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, it's a it's a little bubbly for my taste, but it is like the taste is fantastic, and it's it's that super dark red, so it looks like a stout, but it's an ale. Oh yeah, because I I've drank the regular Smithwick's brown ale all the time, but I I call it like the Irish Bass. Yeah, but it's yeah, still darker the, because you very use dark. Bass to make a black and tan, but which. It is, and Bass is actually a pale ale where it's the best pale ale I've ever had because it doesn't yeah. taste like a regular pale ale. And what's it called? Um, the Smittics, you can mix that. We've done it at the Highland Games a lot. Oh, which is already canceled for this year coming. Boo. Yeah. It's April. It's too fast to have something that big. Yeah. <clears throat> There's not going to be enough uh, um, shots or, you know, vaccines in the around yet. Yeah. I got mine. So, <clears throat> as I point out, I think we need the shots out there so everybody has that false sense of security to overcome <laughs> that false sense of dread to get us back to where we should have been in the first place. Is that the placebo? <laughs> well, yeah, because we had the anti-placebo, maybe, with the new, like we were talking about with the news outlets, right? Making everything look deadly, mm-hmm. you know. And then if you, you know, I had to, I actually, you know, not to get too far into COVID again, but I showed the guy, one of the delivery drivers, and he's like 49 years old, and he's like, I'm worried, because they say once you hit 50, you know, you're going to die, and blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, come here. And I brought up the CDC website, you know, that shows the deaths, and then shows like everybody who died, like how many people have died this year. It's kind of creepy when you look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for all causes, you know, heart attacks and, you know, struck by lightning and everything. But um, but it also shows in the corner the percentage of the population. And then they break it into the site I found has the or the, the page I found has um, um, age groups. So you actually know how many people are 15 through 25. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you see how many people died of COVID that are like 15 through 25. And then you find out that there's like, you know a handful versus these millions. Right. And then I showed him, look, there's oh, 120,000 that are over 85. And then there are 6.6 million people over 85. So that's 2% of our population. So 30% or so of our deaths are from 2% of the population. Right. And if you do the math too, that's 60% of our deaths come from 7% of the population. So not everybody needs to be scared, but people like grandma, they need to be scared and we need to protect her. Right. And that's the thing. So back to that point. Crap. Where was I going with that whole thing? Oh, yes. The false sense of security. I think the (laughs) fact is that we have all these people who, if they catch it, they will most likely have a flu-like symptoms 
And then there's a good hunk of them that don't get any symptoms and don't even know they catch it now. You know, you're hearing right. this more and more. And so it's not as bad for certain people. So we shouldn't be so damn scared and hiding under our beds. So now that we have the vaccine, which will help you. So take your va- get your vaccine. But yes. now I'm hoping get people plugged in uh-huh. to the Matrix. That's yeah. how you get plugged in. That's how you get, yeah, that's how they track you. Yeah. Not your phone. Yes. <laughs> or, <laughs> Not your phone. Or no. the fact that you no. check in everywhere you go. It's the it's the it's the microchips inside the vaccines. Yeah, you know? exactly. So that's what that's the hail point. hail our uh, computer overlords. Yeah, exactly. So, but like I was, <laughs> but like I'm saying, I'm hoping that if we get enough of this vaccine out, and more people get it, it will scientifically make us less likely to catch it anyway. Mm-hmm. But now a lot of people will now realize they'll think, oh, I'm not gonna catch it. Or it will hurt me very much less because I have the vaccine. And now they'll kind of act the way they should have acted seven months ago. Yeah, but we already got people doing stupid stuff, though. Like, I'm hearing well, stories. Well, okay, first so. of all, they do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Because we got nurses who are, like, getting the vaccine and then the next day just walking into patient rooms like, what up? <laughs> Without their PPE on and stuff. <laughs> because they're dumb. I don't know how they became a nurse, but. <laughs> or anything like that. You know but why? Because they've been locked up too long. <laughs> That's what it is. They've lost their. They lost their. Like a COVID so. brain. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. Yes, I do think it's dumb when they're like, "Hey, guess what? I'm going to jump off this building because I got the vaccine, and now I can fly." Hey, I got a plan. Let's uh, um, let's quit while we're ahead. And can we record next week and pick one of those other topics to pick up? Okay, what do you want to do? Well, whichever one. I'm I'm down for whatever. Those all sound like fun. So. Okay, sure. We could still we could continue recapping stuff that we missed from the beginning of the year. <laughs> Cuz we didn't talk about a lot of stuff from the beginning of the year. Well, all right, fold. I think it's time to wrap up. Um David says get out when the getting's good. <laughs> <laughs> Since we had no structure to this episode, I think David had a few irons in the fire, but I think I put him out by straying and then <laughs> As David said, he was a little ADD, and if he's yeah, not keeping me grounded, then I don't know what is. So um, <clears throat> hit us up on the Instagrams and the face and books, and uh, look for us and slide into the DMs, because that's what David likes. Yeah, don't talk they, TV. I do. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, let us know what you feel. What do you like? What do you not like? Please go on to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And rate us a five star if you if you like us. Rate us another five stars if you hate us. So yeah, um, do. leave us some comments because that metric will help us boost our show and then more people can listen to us. Because if you like us, and everybody should like us. So um, I think we're working on a few things we may have brought up today to try to record next week or the week after and um, get you great content because I'm sorry we took the time off, but you know, January sucks and... Uh, but, you know, there's not yeah. a lot of uh, great um, New Year's movies to watch. Oh, New Year. Oh, Rudolph Shiny New Year. Should have done a special on that. Rudolph Shiny New Year. We'll talk about that yeah. another time, I guess. So uh, We should do a whole thing on Rankin Bass because there's, there's oh, so Oh, yeah, much you Rankin. talked about that. Yeah, that would be fun to do. Like, just the obscure stuff that, like, The Hobbit. I just rewatched that one. Oh, I love that. The Last Unicorn. Oh, I forgot they did that. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Oh. Like, we have... America soundtrack. Yeah. The band of America. <laughs> I'm alone.